0: What's up, everybody? My name is Brady Morgan, and I am the host of The Budget Track Podcast. Before we get into the show, I want to talk about our sponsor. Social X is a community of entrepreneurs working together to make a positive impact on the world, scale their businesses, make more money, and build their networks with like-minded individuals. They have weekly mastermind calls featuring top business leaders, online courses, and amazing entrepreneur events all over the country, which teach entrepreneurs how to go from zero to six figures. If you're interested in learning more about Social X, go to socialxevents.com and tell them you came from The Budget Track podcast. Now, onto the show. Today we have Ricky Gutierrez. He is 24 years old, the youngest millionaire in Arizona, the founder at Tech Bud Solutions, 600,000 plus subs on YouTube, and today he's here to deliver a ton of value. Ricky, what's up, man?
1: Hey, what's going on, my guy? How you doing?
0: Doing really good. Thanks for coming on. So, I don't know how familiar you are with my content, but Budget Trek, this podcast was built and centered on my journey to my own version of financial freedom. So for those of you listening out there, this journey, I hope to educate along the way with my successes and my struggles, but I also want to educate through interviews with people like Ricky. So Ricky is the epitome of success. He's 24 years old, already a millionaire, absolutely killing it. And he's going to tell his story. But before we get into that, Ricky, what is the dumbest thing you have ever spent money on?
1: <laughs> well, this is how we're gonna start it. Like yeah, it. absolutely. Uh, maybe the ten-dollar toothbrush I bought at the hotel I was staying at in Las Vegas. Now, there's there's a lot of things that I've spent money on now that I'm I'm learning to be a little bit more free with it. Uh, a very common thing that a lot of people would bring up is um, I go out with the team that i work with are you know my best friends and and the only people that i you know spend my time with uh so one of the things from time to time that we began to do is go out on the weekends and and sometimes we'll get bottle service and that's not the most inexpensive thing right so (laughs) but i view that as like it's it's a way that we pond and we don't drink recreationally we just or we we drink only like for fun once in a while and so I, i don't necessarily view it as a complete waste right because the guys enjoy it. We have a good time. and Yeah. Uh, but it's important fun. to you.
0: Yeah, for sure. But you know, here in Nashville, if you go downtown, I mean, it's easy to spend about 500 bucks and that's not bottle service. <laughs> that's, yeah, just,
1: yeah.
0: that's just having a good time on the weekend. And one time in particular, um, this wasn't in Nashville, but in college, back when I was making, you know, 500 bucks a week serving, I got off work one night, went to the bar and in the first 15 minutes I spent about 150 bucks <laughs> I bought a pitcher of beer and I decided it'd be a great idea to buy shots for everybody and yeah. right. just wasted all the money I just made, but it was a good time. So I guess it was
1: worth it per se. <laughs> definitely. definitely. It's, it's, it's trying to uh, enjoy like, life in, in that moment. So, well, when it when it's, with good time and good people, you know, it can't be viewed as a complete waste. Exactly. Exactly. So, so I want to go ahead and start diving down into this. So Ricky,
0: you're at this level of success. And like I prefaced in the beginning of the show, you were the youngest millionaire in Arizona. You're 24 years old and you're absolutely killing it. But obviously we both know like you don't start this journey with success. You didn't start out a millionaire. You had to work towards it, but Mm -hmm. that's where I want to start. I I want this show is prefaced on the journey of how you got to where you are today, not about where you are today. So when you're on this journey, you're day trading, you're doing tech bud solutions, you're doing YouTube, you're pushing out content. How did the management of your own personal finances play a role
1: and propelling you to where you are today. Yeah. So I think that, and this is probably like my favorite thing to share with people. And it doesn't even have to do with like day trading. Day trading is like an area in a market where um, I just like resonated very well with, right? Um, I know that I need the odds are not in my favor. I know that not everyone uh, becomes successful in you know, drop shipping. Like there's, there's a very small success rate in all of these markets. Um, I really think that one of the biggest reasons that I ended up being able to like consistently grow my account was because I just didn't give up on it. But while I was doing that, one of the things that I like reminding people, at least for myself and, and how I was able to stay like grounded and stay afloat with my finances was I had a job and the job that I had was commission-based. Um, I, I've made multiple videos talking about this of like why I think it's so important to have stability in your life. I've, I've never been the type of like, entrepreneur like on social media that tries to subjugate other people by having nine-to-fives. I think that everyone has their own calling and there's multiple different ways to success. um, That There's not just one perfect system, right? There's uh, principles that you can build off of. um, And and that's essentially what I like to share. I had a commission-based job. It paid me in the very, you know, when I was like, uh, well, it's 18, 19, anywhere from around $45,000. I worked for T-Mobile and for anyone in this in that commission base for telecommunication sales you know that you can make like forty fifty thousand dollars and I was working part-time and that's when I was in California I decided to move to Arizona to pursue going to ASU and I went to the ASU Polytechnic campus, which has to do with more of a focus on engineering. And, um, what, uh, what, while I was out here, I knew the cost of living was a lot less in comparison to like we were talking about a little bit earlier with how expensive California can be. Right, um, I've right. always been someone that's been super frugal. I would save all my money and that was just due to the values that my dad instilled in me. And I literally, this is the thing that I love sharing is I literally had no time to spend money. I was a full-time student and I was a full-time worker at the time while I was, you know, here in nursing. I had a girlfriend at the time as well. And it let's be honest, that's a full-time job within itself. Absolutely. (laughs) Being able to juggle all that while still trying to proactively buy and resell cars, buy and resell phones, learn to trade, right? And and I was still like not making a ton of money trading even at that time. My, my biggest focus was like, when I'm going to school full-time, working full-time, and I have all these different, like, in a sense, in a sense responsibilities, I had no time to go out. I did not go to one college party. Um, I was at the Polytechnic campus, and if you don't know what that is, it's where all the engineers go, and it's, there's like, we call uh, girls over there unicorns because there, it's such a rare sighting <laughs> of, like, being able to see we just meant that in, like, a, a funny way, right? Right. Um, And it really just came down to, like, I had no family. I had no friends in Arizona. I was the only person out there. Um, And the only people I surrounded myself with were either coworkers or people that were in my major. And this allowed me to, like, really not have distractions or really not have an option of not waking up and going to work, of not waking up and not going to class. There were just things I had to do, and I had no other exception. So I think because I took myself in a position where – my hometown, Orange County, California, where I I knew a lot of people, I knew that if I stayed there, and this is something that looking back, it begins to make much more sense to me and why when I look back now and the people that are back in my hometown and maybe haven't progressed much in life, it's because I feel like you really get stuck in this kind of like repetitive system with the same people and there's no motivation to really get out. I just made a decision one day just to want to go to ASU. Uh, my girlfriend at the time was going to GCU and and because of that single decision of, you know, I didn't even have a job secured. This is another thing. I didn't even have a job secured when I was from California to Arizona. When I moved out here to Arizona, secured the job, got, got accepted to ASU and then just started to work nonstop. And five or six months down the road from that point, uh, ended up qualifying for my first house at age 20 and really began to like build kind of this like foundation that we now have. But it never started with one and two day trade full time and ever started with thinking that I was going to be a millionaire by age 22. It really just came down with, I really enjoyed working. I really enjoyed the whole process of learning new things. And that would be my biggest recommendation for anyone. It's like, there's so many people that try to tell you the perfect way on how you can become successful when in reality, if it was like that simple, or if there was a one step, you know, stop shop for For everyone to be successful, it's just like then everyone literally would be successful. It just doesn't work that way. Uh, So I just enjoyed the process. I I love learning new things. And um, I tried to make the most of it and make sure that I put in the time. But um, I would say single-handedly the part that benefited me the most, I would say, is making the transition from California to Arizona and just having no option to not be able to put in the work.
0: Right. And I think like with that transition, you're forcing yourself to become uncomfortable, which is where you have
1: the largest amount of growth. I've been hearing a lot about that, about feeling uncomfortable. It makes sense now, but while I was doing it, I did not know that that's what I was doing. You were like, just
0: moving off to college. You didn't even think about it.
1: Yep. I, and I just, I, I decided to leave to get a job in Arizona. I didn't know that it was guaranteed. And now looking back, it might not be viewed as like maybe the best decision. Uh, but it was just something that I was willing to do. I knew I'm like, I was a hard worker. I knew that I would put in the hours. I didn't mind doing the dog work. And it's just like, not giving yourself kind of like we see back here, right? No excuses, right. It's just going for it. So,
0: yeah. And I think it's cool too, that you mentioned this because, you know, you see these entrepreneurs on social media and not saying you shouldn't strive to increase your top line, but when you're doing something solely for the money, you're not going to be as successful as if you were following your passion because inevitably when you're following your passion it yields income
1: 100% that I actually uh, talked about this in a video where it 100% makes sense on why wealthy people can become more wealthy because they don't have to worry like think about it when you when you think about someone that's struggling they're not thinking about how to create this like latest and greatest application they're not thinking about like learning how to trade, like they're not thinking about these different things because all they're thinking about is how am I going to pay for my rent? How am I going to put food on the table? Maybe they have to, you know, people are put in such unfortunate situations where maybe they have to take care of a sibling or a family member, right? Or parents at such a young age. I know so many people, like I went to school with someone, uh, I don't want to say a name, but he was a really close friend of mine. He was much smarter than I was when it came down to like BookSmart. like. You would not believe like by just looking at him and who he was, he wasn't affiliated with like the best people, but he was such a bright kid. He did not have the, he was not put in a position really to, I would say succeed. He didn't apply to colleges when he had a 4.0 uh, because he knew his family could not afford it. And it's just like, you're just putting a really rough situation where I just wish that I was blessed with what I have now, because I knew, if I know that if I would have just funded that and, and maybe, took him away from all these distractions and these, you know, like negative influences, like he could have done so, so well. And it's just so crazy to see that, you know, it does matter about the position that you are in, but that's also at the end of the day, like not an excuse. Like, you know, if you're willing to put forth the hours and, and you see value in what is it you're doing, just don't, don't be afraid to put in the hours. It's not always the easiest way out. The easiest way is not always the best way,
0: right Exactly. And I, I interviewed an individual this morning, and we kind of talked on that, where, yeah, people are put in really unfortunate situations, and you know half the time it's almost impossible to get out of it. But when you live with the mindset that the world is working against you and you kind of operate from a victim mentality, well, then yeah, you're not going to get out of it. But when yeah. you have this mindset that you want better for yourself and your family and you're gonna do whatever it takes, and you're going to work your ass off to get there, then that's when stuff starts to take hold and work in your favor. But I think with all of this, with your success, I think a lot of it is attributed to your mindset. That you, you get it now, but you were comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And you were willing to put in the work and whatever it took to propel yourself forward day after day.
1: Exactly, yeah. Looking back and, and to think about, like I feel like I work a lot now. But uh, looking back to like when I was 20 and 21 and trying to qualify for my first house, I would say the amount of work, effort and everything that I was doing back then with just trying to juggle being a student, a full time worker and my responsibilities and taking care of myself for the first time ever in my life. um, I felt like that was much more difficult than what I kind of do now on the day to day. right? Um, I think also, I I just want to branch off of it very quickly with what you said of like not making an excuse for like any position that you are put in. Like one of the things that I always look back to when people ask me, like I trade live every morning with like my learn plan profit group, right? Right. And I have to wake up at market open. So I have to be live at market open. that's 6 30 AM right now in Arizona. And yeah, that might sound early, but when I was in Hawaii, it was 3 30 AM and people ask me like, Oh, you don't take a day off. You deserve a day off and stuff like that. Right. And um, I, I understand, that you know, there's times that you might maybe do want to take a day off. But at the end of the day, like my dad, an immigrant from Mexico, right? And to see how he like took his life from not knowing anything and and growing up with 12 brothers and sisters, and from complete 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 poverty to build a a family and a foundation that I was able to build off of and all the work that he had to put in, it's like me complaining about having to wake up at 3.30 in the morning while I'm traveling in Hawaii. There's much bigger things to complain about, right? And, and that's one of the things that like I always remind myself is even if I do have a red day or if I have a bad day, it's just like, even just to be in a position where I have an opportunity, like that is such a blessing in comparison to so many other people out there that I just, I, no question, I still get upset from time to time with when things don't go according to plan, but it's just, it's such an apparent reminder that mindset is super important. And I, I think you, you said it best, right? Where you just, at the end of the day, have to understand that there is no excuse uh, for maybe not doing something. It's just putting in the hours, putting in the work and going forward to do it.
0: For sure. And it's interesting you say that too. You know, For my journey, like you said that a lot of people are looked down upon if they still work a nine to five while while trying to build their businesses because that's not the attractive way to do it. You need to be all in or, or not in at all. But like for me, I'm growing this podcast. I have a nine to five. I serve at a restaurant on the side too. And like I find myself feeling sorry for myself a lot of the time, where I'm like, I don't want to do this. It this job sucks. I would rather be at home with my wife or working on my podcast. But it's like I'm blessed. I have two income generating jobs right now. I'm living for free at my wife's parents' house and there's so many people out there that have it way worse than me. And it makes me very grateful for the position I'm in. Honestly, like the position I'm in and being grateful for it, it's kind of a weird thing, but it makes me want to keep pushing forward. It kind of gives me that motivation to keep propelling myself forward day after day. And I think it's like, when you're thankful for your position and you're happy with where you are, you have confidence in yourself. I mean, the sky's the limit at that point.
1: I, I love that. I think that when I was when I was working at T Mobile, like I didn't have all this attention that I have now. People weren't, you know, I wasn't getting hundreds of direct messages like, you know, every single day. But at the end of the day, like that's when I felt like I was really putting in the work and where I was making it all happen. At the end of the day, like everyone should have their own goal. And uh, there's always this like cliche standard that is set on social media. And one of the things that I like to remind the people that follow me it's so irrelevant. It's cool to have followers. It's cool to have likes. It's cool to have comments. It's cool to have attention. Trust me. it Does not mean anything? It, It literally does not mean anything. Why are you waking up every morning to hustle? For me, it's, I saw how my parents struggled financially in 2008 when the market crashed. My dad lays down tile and he had no work. And I saw my parents to be like the epitome of a perfect couple and to see how they struggled not just financially, but with their relationship and talking about divorce. And it just shows you that like money does play a role in like someone's inability to like stay focused on what and what matters. And I just saw that and I wanted to make sure that I'm never put in a position like that for my kids or my future family. And at the end of the day, that's what motivates me to build a future for myself, for my future family, and those around me that they can build off of with the work ethic that I instill in them, that they can even take it to one you know, step further. It's cool from time to time to appreciate and, and smell the roses, right? But at the end of the day, why do you wake up every morning? It's not to flex that you got a new Rolex. It's to provide a better fam- uh, future for you, your wife, and your future family. At least that's what I would say on, on average, right? Uh, but I feel like sometimes we get very caught up in being able to see it's crazy like because I follow people that even like have more than I do. And I don't really care too much about the materialistic things, but I can see how maybe someone that sees my stuff might feel sometimes a little discouraged. But I, every time that I buy a house, every time that I buy a car, there's there's one focus that I have. And uh, sorry, that's a really bad example. They just turned on the Lamborghini in the garage. <laughs> but um, even, even let's talk about this very quickly with the Lamborghini. Why did I buy the Lamborghini? because it was a good deal. And when I post about it, I make jokes about it that I didn't buy it to like flex it. I bought it because I love cars. And on top of that, I do it in a way that I actually make money. We're in, in the works of opening our own dealership. So if you love Gucci or this fancy stuff, then in my eyes, because I'm so frugal, like I would then find a, like a, a business approach on how you can either break even or profit out of it. If there's a transaction happening, There's money being made somehow. So I just found my own way of doing it. So I I just like reminding people that it doesn't matter what other people think. Uh, I just like having fun with what I do and, and I like simply sharing
0: it for sure. And I think too many people, uh, their identity is in their social media. That's, that's what they live off of. And I'm not saying everybody's like that, but social media is a big part of a lot of people's lives and, I mean, yeah, I know you can make a lot of money through it and people operate their businesses solely on social media. But at the end of the day, you've got to think about your why. And like my why when I wake up every morning, like you said, is providing for my wife. You know, something I wanted to hit on too is like you just have goals that are bigger than yourself. And you're constantly working for them day after day, but attacking them with, I would say, a humble mindset, but a mindset that you're just going to put your head down and work your ass off and you're going to reach them you know and it seems like that's what you've done is you've put yourself in a situation where you want to be better off than your parents and provide for your future family and you're willing to do whatever it takes
1: exactly yeah i i think i think you hit it right on the head when it comes down to what is actually worth pursuing one of the girls that i was or the girl that i was dating at that time wanted to be a teacher and this is something that like i think a lot of other people don't understand is she wanted to be a teacher let's be honest like teachers do not get paid very well um but i found it to be so like beautiful like how passionate she was about pursuing that that career. she came from a wealthy family uh, where her dad was a dentist and a series of different dental cares Uh, but it's just like i i have like two goals in in my life for my, my kids and it's for them to pursue whatever it is that they're passionate about, and then to have a good work ethic Uh, with with that in mind. And if, as long as they're hopefully frugal, right? Um, At the end of the day, like as long as you enjoy what you do every single day, regardless of the monetary aspect, um, that's truly what I would view as successful. And and yeah, it's nice having nice cars, it's nice having nice houses and, and all that fun stuff. But at the end of the day, one of the things that I've realized is as I began to do better, it's not about the more money I make the happier I become it's it's the more I surround myself with people of value the more fulfilled I feel mm-hmm. and uh, that's just something over time that again it's much easier for me to say this now as I've done better but it, it's hard to also see this maybe when you're putting in the hard work you're putting the hour uh, the hours and you're not seeing that direct you know uh, result in the monetary aspect so um, all I would for, for anyone you know listening to this would just love to empower people to yeah, pr- pursue their passions and, and do their part and staying afloat while they do it. Right. Uh, but to not also forget your why, just like you said, like why you get up every morning.
0: Exactly. That's a, uh, this has been a really powerful conversation. We've gotten pretty deep. <laughs> yeah, I like it. yeah, for sure, man. So uh, I kind of want to switch gears here. So we, we've talked a lot about goals mm-hmm. and how reaching goals bigger than yourself is always, you know, key for chasing your own version of success. I am a firm believer, which this might be kind of contradictory to this podcast, but I'm after reaching financial freedom, which financial freedom is basically having enough passive income that covers your monthly expenses and kind of basically having your time and your location freedom back, Mm -hmm. right? But I think hand in hand with that is financial success. And I think everyone has their own version of financial success, but I don't think you ever reach your own version of financial success. Because as human beings, we always want more. And I think your financial success, your version of that, and your goals go hand in hand. So right when you get close to attaining that level, it goes to a completely different level. Yeah. So I want to know and dive deep into this where, you know, what does financial success mean to you right now? And how do you predict that changing over time?
1: So let me tell you like why I kind of like, what sparked my interest in kind of like, what I'm mainly known for is trading right um never said i'm the best trader nothing like that i'm always like working towards getting better and learning new things every single day and um the reason that i it sparked my interest is i watched the fast the furious movies with my older brother i was a huge fanboy for the whole series and again i'm I'm a huge car guy i wanted to buy a gtr searched up on google like how to make money kind of quick right and then one of the things that popped up were penny stocks there's this like article of this kid in orange county that hit over a million dollars by the time he graduated high school. That's what sparked my interest. I, in no way, like at 14, uh, reached any form of success, right? But that's what sparked my interest in, in trying new things. And I began to you know learn, but uh, meanwhile, as I was not making money, I was buying and reselling phones and then transferred into buying and reselling cars. And it kind of like sparked this whole thing. And uh, once I reached that kind of like what I thought was going to be like the pinnacle of like my life. And I bought my GTR. I bought my GTR at 21. Literally like I was going to buy my GTR at age 20, but then I ended up making the decision to buy my house first, rent out two of the rooms in my house, have that pay for my mortgage, wait a couple months and then buy the GTR. And it was probably one of the single most, also the best decisions I made when it came down to which one should come first. Um, After I did that. And after I bought my GTR at age 21, it was so cool, I picked it up in San Francisco. I just remember looking down in the steering wheel, again, flying in from Arizona to San Francisco and driving it back, right, to Arizona. And I remember looking down and I was like, holy crap, like this is so, so cool. And I remember maybe one or two weeks after, I was literally driving my GTR around, around my, cause think about it, like I, I work, I go to school, and then I day trade. And all these things are, they have locations that I have to be at my house, either school or work. Other than that, I don't do anything else. I wasn't very social. So I would find myself forcefully driving my car so other people would see me driving it to feel fulfilled. And this is where I really began to see that, like, after that I sold the GTR and then I bought my first supercar, which was the McLaren. And then almost doing the same thing then. And then once I reached the milestone of 100K on YouTube and then half a million on YouTube and then becoming the largest YouTube channel for those who date you in the stock market in the world, I run the largest Facebook group as well. And it's like, I started hitting these like milestones and I started to realize just what you said. It's like, you know, you're always grateful for what you accomplish, but you never become satisfied with Mm -hmm. big milestones. When you break over a million dollars and I remember that I was so focused on my work that I think I went like a couple weeks, even after I hit a million dollars in my account. Now with my my properties, I had like four or five properties at the time. I'm not talking about like equity and what I had, I'm talking about a million dollars in my account. I remember that I went a couple weeks out of of when I actually hit a million, and I didn't even realize it. But that's like, that was a huge milestone that I was like working towards. And it just expressed the importance of like, how not important hitting those things are, right? I now see so much. I I feel that this is a huge word that I've like tried to work on, uh, a huge area of opportunity in my life that I've tried to work on for the past couple of months, and it's overall fulfillment. I just have found myself to like always trying to like outdo myself or outdo people that are within relative areas, and it's not fulfilling. But I have found myself to feel so much more fulfilled with. I just got a girlfriend and I just started spending time with with her and my close friends and the people that I work with and I did so much more fulfillment off of that rather than driving my mclaren down the street and it's just like this is why but now I see this like I'm not here to to not say that that being rich is, is not great of course it's great because you you have the option of of being able to do whatever you want to and and that that is a true blessing But at the end of the day, it is so much more rewarding in my eyes to spend time with quality people and enjoying what it is that you do. I remember, I personally enjoyed working at T-Mobile and at Verizon Wireless. Like I enjoyed just speaking to other people. It's one of the things that I miss most about my nine to five job. It's like, I'm not, I literally sit behind a computer screen all day and I talk to the same guys and don't have like friends outside of the people that I work with. And it can get a little lonely from time to time. Right. But I also, this is why I think you see a lot of famous people that become child stars, right. At such a young age and they reach their, 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 their epitome of like their life, the peak. And then everything from there is downhill. It falls high, apart, And it falls apart because you're always trying to chase something greater. And then they, you know, refer to drugs and, And that's where the abuse comes in. And luckily, I've I've surrounded myself with people that like I've never been into like drugs or anything like that. But like, I just feel like I became very self-aware that I'm not, I wasn't very happy when, you know, I had a McLaren, a GTR, a Lamborghini in my garage all at the same time. And I had, you know, five, six houses and all these things that you think everybody at a young age would want, like girls, right? Like I was getting messages all the time. And it's just like, it was so cool, but yet so unfulfilling. But it's because you truly understand that they're just all the attention is for what you have and not for who you are. And again, it's much easier for me to say this now because it's not something that I thought I would have experienced. But I'm just here to remind everyone that once you do make it, like you, you will be on a podcast yourself. And, and I, I can almost guarantee you, you will be sharing the same thing that all you want is to spend time with good quality people. And spending time with three or four people of value is much better than having a hundred people at your table while you're getting bottle service because at the end of the day, it really doesn't mean anything.
0: For sure. That was deep. That was really deep. And Uh and, you know, they say like when you're on your deathbed, you you don't remember all the money you made. You remember the difference you made and you remember the relationships that you had and your experiences. And you know, like you said, like, it's easier for you to say that at the top, but you preface this whole conversation saying you're still learning. I mean, people think, I want to be a millionaire at 20, 22. I mean, you were the youngest millionaire in Arizona, but it's like more money, more problems. And you learn a lot about yourself through that process. I think it's just huge. And it's really commendable to see how you present yourself with the level of success you have. That's huge because it would be really easy for you to have this level of success. Never given me the time of day and just been a complete, you know, whatever. Not saying like you should have responded but you (laughs) (laughs) but uh no it's just how you present yourself and it's really it's really humbling to see that you can reach this pinnacle of success and and still stay true to who you are because I think too many people lose it
1: yeah and, and I think to each their own I'm not saying that the way that I do things or the way that I did things is ever the right way you know like like we said in the beginning right there's there's multiple different ways to still get the same result, and it's it's I think two. I like to focus on two things: being a problem solver and having a good work ethic. If you're a problem solver, people pay for solutions, uh, and having a strong work ethic, it's only a matter of time to then you to come up with a problem, uh, to to come up with a solution. And um, this is where I think a lot of people lack. It's like they're always looking for the easy way out, and or they're not willing to put forth the hours. And I think that those are two very simple little things that people overcomplicate that um, over time, as like you were saying, with everything that is that you have going on and and how hard you're working and just, not just to stay afloat, but then pursuing your passion of, of having a podcast, um, it's only a matter of time for that opportunity to present itself. Uh, but my mom has a saying in Spanish and it, it goes with the idea that like, you know, for those that look fine, right? And as long as you continue to proactively uh, put in the hard work, continue to show up and put in the hours, um, and it's only a matter of time for that once in a lifetime opportunity to present itself where you take it and run. But if you're not putting the hours, you're not showing up every single day, then it's going to be really hard for you to get your once in a lifetime shot. So
0: for sure. I uh, interviewed an individual, uh, last week and we were talking about discipline and discipline kind of goes hand in hand with this working towards your goals. But he says you either have to have discipline or you will be disciplined. So i um, <laughs> like, <laughs> and I was like, I mean, that's that's completely 100% true. So, I mean, I think anyone out there, guys, you can take everything Ricky's saying and apply it to your own life, regardless of whatever financial situation you're in, level of success, et cetera. Because he said a lot of stuff that's very powerful and very deep that will resonate with pretty much anyone out there. But Ricky, unfortunately, we have to wrap up because the free version of Zoom only lets you record for 40 minutes. So- uh, yeah, I like it. <laughs> So I always like to wrap up my episodes and it's probably a cliche question, but this podcast is centered on people reaching their own version of financial success or financial freedom, financial independence, whatever you call it out there. So you're 24 years old, you've reached a massive level of success, whether you want to talk about it or not, it's out there. What is one piece of advice you could give to my listeners? you know, whatever area of life they're in so that they could begin their path to their own version of financial
1: freedom. So I think the reason people begin to make mistakes is because they're unaware of the position that they are being put in. So with that simple understanding in whatever market that you choose to pursue, I partake when it comes down to the stock market, right? You're in podcasts and uh, there's so many amazing opportunities and different areas in which you can become successful. And the single most, I think, area of opportunity for for someone is to not be aware of where mistakes are being made. And as long as you begin to inform yourself on how you can always get better, it's kind of this like never ending process where you're always learning new things, but then you're also always getting better. Um, And I think that again, how can you become part of that like one or 5% that become extremely wealthy or just to become financially stable and, and afloat? Do what most people don't do, you know. Don't spend more money than you have. Be empowered to like, if you have to like have a nine to five to stay afloat while you're pursuing your creative, you know, desire, whatever that might be. To not be afraid to like, you know, put in the hours to make it happen. Uh, I just think that there's so many excuses that anyone can present to the table on why they cannot do things or why they can't don't have time to learn about something new. I just think that the first thing is, you know, provide stability. And with that stability, you're able then to focus a little bit more closely on what's important and then your, your strong area in life where, you know, for you, it's, it's your podcast. And then because you're now staying afloat and you don't have to worry about providing or putting food on the table, it allows you to then focus on those creative markets and where you can really thrive. But um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm just super simple when it comes down to that. I, I don't think you need anything special to, to really make it. I think that, it really is just problem solving and a strong work ethic and then allowing your creativity to kind of take over.
0: Yeah. Now I think a lot of it comes down to continuously bettering yourself and follow your passions. Cause like we said before, passions will yield the income that you're quote unquote looking for.
1: Definitely. So Ricky, this has been awesome.
0: It's been a really good interview and I appreciate your time, man.
1: Oh, I appreciate you. Thank you again for having me.
0: Yeah. Where, uh, just one quick thing. Where can we find you on social media?
1: Yeah, uh, my name, my Instagram tag is Ricky Gutierrez. That's with two Zs. Uh, or you can search me up on YouTube. Um, I have the largest YouTube channel for those who did trade in the stock market. So either option works for me.
0: Sweet, man. Appreciate your
1: time. Of course. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening, guys. I post episodes every Monday and Thursday, and those are available on Spotify, iTunes, Anchor, or any other major podcasting platform. So listen to us there. Give us a follow on social media, Facebook and Instagram, and let us know what you thought of the episode. We'll catch you next time.